Hello everyone, welcome to Screen Scream on Viola. The theme of today's episode is Japan craze. I'm going to talk about Japanese movies, and movies feature characters from Japan. I really want to watch the first new movie we're going to talk about today. Let's listen to the introduction first. Egoist. When Kosuke was 14 years old, his mother died. He spent his adolescence in a rural village and suppressed his feelings as a gay male. Now Kosuke has grown up and works as a fashion magazine editor in Tokyo. He meets Liuta, who works as a personal trainer. Liuta's mother raised him alone, and he is close to his mom. Kosuke and Liuta become attracted to each other, and they sometimes spend time with Liuta's mother. Kosuke is happy to share time with Liuta and his mother, which makes him remember his late mother. Kosuke and Liuta make an appointment to go for a drive together, but on that day, Liuta does not show up. The first new movie we're going to talk about today is Egoist. Apparently, it's a Japanese movie, and the reason why I want to watch it is because of its protagonist. It's played by Ryohei Suzuki. Actually, I don't watch a lot of Japanese drama. But I was so obsessed with Tokyo MER. It's on Disney Plus, so even if you're in North America, you'll be able to watch this Japanese drama. It's really good. It's like the Japanese version of The Resident. But the thing is that MER stands for a Mobile Emergency Room, so it's a very exciting and nervous show. When I watched it, I think Ryohei Suzuki is very handsome. But neither my boyfriend nor my mom think he's handsome. Well, according to them, I always like people who are maybe not really handsome, but they look really stylish. And I think Ryohei Suzuki is this type of person. I wouldn't say he's super handsome, but he's definitely stylish and charming with his own charisma. The supporting role was played by Hio Miyazawa. They demonstrate the gay relationship very vividly in the movie. The director first picked Ryohei Suzuki, whom he thought was not so suitable for the character's image. But because the director noticed that Hio Miyazawa's character. Appearance and the characters he played before are so different from that of Ryohei Suzuki. The director thought that maybe they would have special sparks. Actually, I felt the same way when I saw the character Ryohei Suzuki played. I was like, wait, Hio Miyazawa played a personal trainer, but I think Ryohei Suzuki. Is stronger, and I think he's probably taller. And Hio Miyazawa looks more like a fashion magazine editor. But anyway, maybe that's the magic of this movie. And if you like Ryohei Suzuki just like me, if you like Ryohei Suzuki and you happen to be in Taiwan, I highly recommend you to watch Egoist this weekend. Now it's time for the second new movie, and it's very exciting. Fishman, detailing the life of Shinji Sato and his now-renowned band, Fishman. 
The second new movie we're going to talk about today is a music documentary. It's about a Japanese band called Fishmans. It was established in 1987 with a singer Shinji Sato, a drummer and a guitarist. In the 90s, Fishmans started to release several albums, including their first and second studio albums. Their singer Shinji Sato was responsible for writing the song and lyrics. His voice was very special, and his words seemed very normal, but his lyrics were very deep. Their music combined reggae, funk, and fantasy, all kinds of music styles. They continuously absorbed creativity. And expressed their special talent. However, due to some personal life plans, Fishmans kept changing their band members. In December 1998, the other team members wanted to hold a farewell concert for the bassist who's going to leave the band. They ended up holding five concerts, live concerts. They even made a live perform album with the same name, which was critically acclaimed by music critics and fans. Even got the best live performance of all time on a movie critic website, Radar Music. After 21st Century, Fishmans became even more famous because of the internet and fellow juniors who kept singing their songs as a tribute. The drummer and the bassist started to perform at different occasions since 2005. You may wonder, wait, I thought you said they held a farewell live concert in 1998 for the bassist. Yes, but after that, within four months, the vocal Shinji Sato passed away, and that brought the bassist back. In order to celebrate their 30th anniversary, Fishmans crowdfunded and produced this documentary of the same name. So, if you like Japanese music culture or you just like music documentary in general, I highly recommend you to watch Fishmans. Now, before we move on to Top 007 and talk about more movies related to Japan craze, let's review what we had from last week first. We had two top threes, his only son and Suzume. Two top twos, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves and John Wick Chapter Four. Top one was the one and only the Super Mario Brothers movie. Now let's listen to top seven to top four this week. Top six, Screen Six. Suzume. Top five, Eye of the Storm. 我想要跟以前一样。Top four, Air. Who's the player? Michael Jordan. Talking about Japan craze, there's only Suzume that's related to Japan in this section, but I haven't seen Suzume. And I saw that there is a new face on the chart this week, Eye of the Storm, 
which I really want to watch as well. But I'd like to talk about Air a little bit more. I mentioned the story that Air is based on, but today I'd like to talk about some fun facts in the movie. As you may know, Air mentioned a lot of fun facts related to Nike, the Air Jordan line, and the co-founder Phil Knight himself. I'm pretty sure some people would be interested. For example. It depicts that how Phil Knight likes to go jogging in his well, I don't think that's pink, purple shorts. He also has a purple is that a Porsche? I'm not sure. And how he likes to put his bare foot on his desk in his office. Actually, in the end of the movie, they showed pictures of the actual action or the actual car of Phil Knight. Proving that okay, we're not joking. This is exactly how Phil Knight looks like, or what he likes. Something very interesting is that I actually didn't know Phil Knight's nickname is Shoe Dog. But when I heard it in the movie, it suddenly reminded me that wait, I think I've heard of this, and I remember that one of the members in my book club nominated the book. Before, and I was like, "Oh, that's it—the shoe dog." I looked it up and knew that okay, shoe dog is a person who loves shoes very much, and that is Phil Knight, and that's the name of his book. So, if you become super interested in Phil Knight's story after watching Air, you can go read his book. But for us, it's time to check top three to top one. Top three: Dungeons and Dragons. Honor among、uh, thieves. Figure it out over a drink. Probably best. You need to give us a fighting chance. Top two, John Wick, Chapter Four. I don't sit at the table. Your family does. Please pray for me. Top one, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Look at us. We're adorable. Oh, I got this. No problem. <laughs> I think it's pretty obvious which movie I'm going to talk about. I think there's only one movie that's related to Japan craze in this section. Yes, we're going to talk about the Super Mario Brothers movie once again. Since it's an animation, the dubbing characters would add a lot of colors to the characters. The person who dubbed Mario, the protagonist. Is the person who got famous because of the Marvel series and Jurassic World, the one and only Chris Pratt. And the actress who dubbed for the princess is the Golden Globe winner Anya Taylor Joy, who played the protagonist in The Queen's Gambit. Although when the crew picked Chris Pratt, a white guy, to dub for the Italian Mario. It was a little bit controversial. The director said that they think Chris Pratt is very good at playing a hero that's very kind, very friendly, but at the same time comes from a blue-collar family or from a blue-collar class. So they ended up deciding to pick him anyway. Besides the dubbing that add colors to the characters, I also would like to mention the rainbow robe. If you're not a big fan of Super Mario's, you probably don't know what Rainbow Road is. 
Mario Kart is a very classic and very popular game among the whole Nintendo universe, and Rainbow Road is one of the most important levels in this game. Players also consider it as the most difficult one, but actually, it's one of my favorite levels. Well, I kind of cheated because I always set my card as one that doesn't go off the trail. But if you set it as possible, then you will probably hate Rainbow Road. The two directors wanted to bring this level to the big screen, presenting the spectacular epic scale and the nervous and dangerous atmosphere on Rainbow Road. Aside from creating the same thing. The crew also created a lot of brand new designed transportations for the movie. So while you're watching the movie, you may be able to recognize some cars that you would use in the game. But at the same time, even players would be surprised to see some new things in the movie. But just like my scriptwriter friend said, this is not a movie; it's an experience. Especially a great experience for Nintendo lovers. So if you're not Nintendo lover, maybe you would think what kind of movie it is. But if you are a Nintendo lover, you would definitely love the Super Mario Brothers movie as well. This concludes the episode. I hope you all like the Japan Craze special today, and remember to tune in same time here at Screen Scream. I'm Viola. See you next time.